Will you please join me in the prayer for illumination? Let us pray. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us in the waiting, the watching, the hoping and longing. Speak to us by your word in this time of Advent. Amen. The Old Testament scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. He hear these words. See, I'm sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christmas will be our means of getting ready for a new way of looking at life, a new way of living. The prophet Malachi speaks of a messenger, one who will prepare the way of the Lord, one who reminds us of the covenant of God, one who refines and purifies us in faithfulness. How then do we prepare to be transformed by the coming of the Lord? by allowing the light of hope to awaken our spirits, by making room for the Lord to write the covenant of our heart, on our hearts, by living in gratitude for what we receive in the Lord. If we prepare ourselves by renewing our covenant with God, then we will be truly transformed as Christ comes again into our lives. sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, says the Lord of hosts, has awakened our spirits. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. O Lord, that we may be ready for the dawn of our salvation. We light a second candle 
to bring light to every darkness and to guide us in the way of peace. And the people said together, with gratitude for your life, O God, we will prepare to come. figure I should just stand up for a moment so that you can see this great work of art. My wife did not want to be outdone. I had bought my own Christmas ugly sweater for last Sunday. She has clearly outdone me, right? <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like a gorilla petting and holding two kittens. All right. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, today's practice, today's practice is about hospitality. And I have to say that I've experienced hospitality in so many different ways, in very fun ways. There's something powerful about having a meal with someone. Now, um, I would say the most powerful opportunity around hospitality uh, happened, which is strange, was when we were buying a house. Um, some of you know, about two years ago, Amy and I uh, bought a house here in town. Um, uh, we, we really love uh, who we are among y'all. Um, so it's very interesting. Many of you know that I'm um, not, uh, well, let me just say, uh, we had not planned to buy a house. I got a phone call from a church member um, that her friend was selling her house and that we should go and look at it. I thought this was interesting, since I hadn't really mentioned to anyone, really ever, that we were going to buy a house. But being polite and respecting, you know, the request of a church member, I went. We called up the, uh, the couple that was selling the house, and uh, we went over, we ood and we awed, and we walked through. And what was striking was that if we were going to buy a house, this was probably the house. And we sat in their den, um, and we talked. We talked about uh, how they raised their children and why they chose Lake Jackson, and we talked about our daughter and about what we wished for her. And in this moment, the woman who was selling her house had a tear fall from her eye, and I thought, this is the most strange experience of buying a house that I've ever experienced. The... Um, uh, she told us that they were going to put it on the market in about uh, three weeks, and that if we made an offer before then, uh, they'd be willing to, you know, um, uh, that, the, that the price of the house would go up once they put it on the market, that we could do an owner-to-owner -owner sale before then. And as we walked out of the house and got into our car and drove away, 
I, I told Amy, I said, we are no way ready to buy a house. And she was silent. <laughs> and I said, but, reading the room, we're buying this house. And, and this began about three weeks of kind of getting things, our house in order. And when we offered, um, they accepted. Um, they invited us over for dinner before the closing happened. I don't, anybody, anybody ever been invited over by the seller of the house, right? I mean, this is strange, right? Um, when we got to the day for the closing, uh, and we were moving in, we, we walked in, and there on the kitchen counter was um, a set of keys, made sense, a and a note, and a bottle of, um, you know, really beautiful olive oil, and a home-baked bread loaf, and a little canister of salt. And I thought to myself, what in the world, right? I mean, I've left things in parsonages, but never home-baked bread before. Usually it's, you know, things I didn't want to take to the next parsonage. <laughs> and next to these things was a note, handwritten. In fact, Jake, um, uh, it says, Dear Camerano family, we hope that this home, I can't read that far away. Oh, and I can't see these. We hope that this home brings you as much, as many joyful memories as we have had here. We had to leave our, oh, <laughs> our big outdoor pods, but I want, I think that you'll enjoy them. Along with it, there was a blessing. In fact, the blessing, Jake, you can move on to the next slide. Um, it was a blessing. It said, uh, may this house uh, never go hungry uh, hence the bread. And may this house um, always have life and joy, hence the uh, oil. And may this house always um, be filled with um, memories that, are, that flavor uh, life, hence the salt. I still think this is the strangest experience of buying a house ever. Like, I asked friends, like, is this, like, well, no, we didn't. They send us Christmas cards, right? Um, my daughter says, you know, when they're back in town, we should invite them over for dinner. I mean, like, who does this, right? If I get the impression of how house buying is supposed to go, you kind of walk through um, the house for the next six months and go, oh, they didn't find that on the inspection, or, oh, they didn't tell us about that. I was amazed at the Tricolor's openness and hospitality. Um, it was powerful to know that I wasn't buying a house for an investment, but really I was taking over the responsibility of a place where love lives, where people grow, and where um, the, the welcome mat isn't just a suggestion, but it's an opportunity to make relationships. And of course, if you know the Triclers, you know that all to be very true. I had a number of you ask me that first fall uh, when I was going to have the Christmas Eve uh, party that the Triclers usually have, because you would be coming over. And I thought, well, that's going to be awkward, but okay. <laughs> Think about hospitality. Think about the power of being invited into another space. 
Think about the power of becoming, uh, from going from a stranger to being known. It's a powerful thing to allow hospitality to transform us. When we look at the history of hospitality, right? Some of you are thinking caroling, advent wreath, advent calendar, all makes sense. Why hospitality? Well, think about what scripture says about hospitality. Um, in the New Testament, uh, in the epistles, um, the writer, the, uh, I believe the writer of Hebrews says, um, we extend hospitality to strangers because you never know when you might be entertaining angels unawares. And I would say that the triclers have been angels in our lives. The Old Testament is filled with a very particular piece of advice. Uh, It's actually part of law and prophets. It often begins, be kind to the stranger, or you could translate that sojourner or alien. It depends on which translation. Be kind to the stranger who wanders in your land. For you once were a stranger called out of Egypt as slaves. That's powerful. It's a powerful thing to think about those who are different, those who are strange, those who are not from around these parts. That the Old Testament and the New Testament says that there is a spiritual discipline of offering hospitality to strangers. I want to read our uh, passage from the gospel today. Um, The passage from the gospel comes from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In it, Luke writes, In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Traconitus, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. I I don't want to be disrespectful, but I didn't expect West Texas to come up. (laughs) During the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This element of preparing the way John the Baptist's message, right? This is the, the kind of real movement that we get. Preparing the way for Jesus. Preparing the way for salvation. We're very familiar with preparing the way for Christmas, right? There's much baking to do, much shopping to do, wrapping of Christmas gifts, travel plans, right? Um, th- there is the um, expectation of family coming for Christmas. Never forget that the highest spike in new clients for counselors and therapists happen around the holidays because either we're crazy or they are. You you didn't catch that, did you? All right, we're going to keep on going. The preparations uh, could be overwhelming. 
But what are the preparations that we need to make? Is that preparation of hospitality, that invitation not just of guests into our home, but also the invitation of Jesus into our hearts. And I think the parallel is powerful there, that our willingness to be able to open up our homes uh, um, is similar to our willingness to open up our hearts to Jesus. A couple of years ago, I was uh, spending some time talking about hospitality uh, with a, a, uh, an expert in kind of cultures. Uh, her name's uh, Kanita Shripshma. Uh, Kanita is a wonderful woman, uh, born in India, immigrated to Canada, found um, a good um, Midwestern Michigan uh, boy to marry, um, and, uh, um, and so she writes around culture and differences. And she was talking about how the difference between hot cultures and cold cultures, that cold cultures tend to be um, a little bit more turned in, a little bit more uh, about safety, a little bit more about boundaries, that hot cultures tend to uh, be turned outwards and uh, more risk-taking and more hospitality-oriented. Um, you might think about this in terms of the difference of maybe a New England family versus a Cuban family, right? The, the, um, uh, the differences between emotion, excitement, celebration, and I'm sure, you know, these are stereotypes, and so please feel free to correct me later about your Cuban relatives that live in uh, Maine. Um, I'd be happy to hear about them. Um, and so she, the, the purpose of the small group was to talk about how churches extend hospitality. And I said, you know, there's one church in our area that every, t- every Sunday, they invite first-time guests uh, over a meal at a local restaurant. And there's one particular family that always takes the new uh, guests out. I said, that's a great example of hot culture hospitality. And she said, no, it's not. She said, in my village in India, if you had uh, taken us to um, a restaurant or someplace else, I would have wondered what's wrong with your home. um, The idea of hospitality is not about, I got ready for you to come over, it took me all week, and now I can plan the event when you come and see the best side of myself. But rather, hot culture, hospitality, is I'm so excited for you to become part of the family. Come over now. We cannot wait a week. It must be an opportunity to celebrate over the table the fact that we have finally found each other and we will be friends forever. This is the kind of hospitality that Jesus offers us. I stand at the door and knock. This is the kind of opportunity that the New Testament talks about. Extend hospitality to strangers, for you may be entertaining angels unawares. I love this distinction, and it's really kind of flavored uh, who I've been for the last couple of years, recognizing that instead of building walls to keep people out, invite them over because the magic will happen. Some of you know that you've, uh, as you've come to this congregation, that one of the first things I say is, let's get together, uh, either um, at your house or in my office or at my house, you pick. And because it's kind of creepy to think you're gonna go over to the preacher's off, uh, house, we tend to go to your house. But that magic that happens when we're together makes a difference in the relationship that we have. 
I think Christmas and hospitality go together. When you read the story, the, the nativity story, the story of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem to be counted, remember, they are looking for a place to stay. Now, it's not like they have gone to Chicago and have no one in the town that knows them. This is the hometown for Joseph's family. They probably have more cousins and aunts and uncles than they know what to do with. But shockingly, no one has a bed for the young pregnant Mary. No one has a place for them to lay their head. And so they go from place to place looking for some place to be able to settle in because the census itself will take longer than just a 24-hour period. And where do they find? They find a place in a stable. And they lay the babe in a feeding trough. Hospitality is an important part of Christmas, not just as we look at the nativity story, but also about how we get ready. We get ready for guests. We give gifts to those, not just who are giving us gifts, but to those who are in need in our community. It's also about us getting ready for a guest named Jesus. I mentioned last week about the power of expectation in welcoming a, a new life into your family. Whether it, was into, uh, your, whether it was a child of yours or whether it was a child of somebody in your extended family, that expectation is powerful. And the only thing that's as powerful as that is the feeling you get when you hold that newborn baby. There's something amazing, right? Uh, um, uh, pediatricians would tell us that the focal length of a newborn baby is about about six inches. And, and you know, for a newborn baby, that's all that matters, is to be able to see the face of the one who holds it. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Are you ready for company? Are you ready for new life? Are you ready for guests? Are you ready for Jesus? This is the power of the faith that we have that takes strangers and makes them friends all through what happens over a meal. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.